Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff, and I think I can see who are Brett. you. Yes, I'm Brett. Hello. Hello. You, you all right? No, it's me. I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. What have you been up to today? Stockpiling. Stockpiling, yes. A coronavirus emergency. Been to the shops and, and got loads of uh, tin cans and stuff like that for the impending doom. So, okay. yeah. Have you been doing yeah. anything like that? No, but if the, it's the end of the world, do you really think that? What you, how you want to go out is eating spaghetti from a tin. Uh, yes, I think that's a good way to go. Cold beans and stuff like that. Because <laughs> if, if it is the end, if it is actually the end of the world, then obviously I'm going to be, or my family, possibly you as well, if I'm being kind, are going to be like the lone survivors, aren't we? It's not going to affect <laughs> us in any way. Uh, apart um, from that, apart from that, uh, this week anyway, um, I've been to the hospital. Oh, is, what's happened now? No, no, it's, it's uh, nothing. Nothing's wrong. I've just been getting like a pain in me, underneath me rib, right? Okay. So obviously, from from me and you having what well, past lives of, of rather heavy drinkers, obviously yeah. I thought I was dying. Do you know what I mean? All the people at, in my local hospital in South Shields Hospital were absolutely fantastic. They were all okay. lovely. So I That's just good. wanted to say, um, people in the X-ray department, the people that took like me bloods and did the scan and stuff. So. I just want to say thank you to them because they were all okay. absolutely class. Because the NHS well, gets a bad rap, doesn't it? And it's nice to well, say it's well. Not the, it's not the people's fault, is it? The people, are, I'm sure, are all trying to do their best in their difficult circumstances. It's easy to yeah. say, oh, the doctors, I've been to the doctors, I couldn't get in on the wait list and all that. It's not the people who work there's fault, is it? No, 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 it's, all it's fantastic. The it's, it's the system. system. Anyway, exactly. I'll probably, I'll probably uh, edit this bit out. So. Oh, no, no, <laughs> you've got to keep that bit. <laughs> no, I won't. Obviously, I won't. <laughs> and they saved your life, so you know, good on them. What else has happened today, though? I've been uh, you. You can't see us because it's kind of dark. We're in the room, but yeah, um, I I've prefer it that way. To be honest, I've, I've been to the beach. <laughs> I've been to the beach for the first time in six years. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been to the beach, but I've never like sat down on a towel and you know, like got yeah. and spared out all that stuff. Uh-huh. Did that today, but it was unexpected uh, beach, um, so I wasn't prepared for it. And I'm honestly, I'm I'm red raw, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but I think the correct the medical term would be burnt to fuck. <laughs> what do you mean it was an unexpected beach? 
what well, did you we, expect to happen? So there's, a, there's this thing on, there's like a big food festival uh, going on at the moment and there's this area of the beach called Beach Canteen that gets done up with loads of a stage for music and food trucks and uh, yeah. games for kids to play and stuff like that. So we went there and that's not basically the, the put stuff over the beach uh, right. so you're not on the sand and uh, we were meant to be meeting a couple of friends but they just went to a different place that was actually a, a beach so right. we went along to see them uh, and I thought they would just be like I didn't think they were maniacs who were sitting on a beach yeah. <laughs> like playing. you were unprepared were you um, so yeah so I'm, I'm burnt to a crisp but right. after that this will <laughs> I think this will pique your interest. I had to rush home. Uh, today has been a bit like we've been here, there, and everywhere today, which is why I asked to do this earlier. Um, yeah. I had to rush home for four o'clock because uh, I was having a massage in the house. What do you think of that? I think you're on, on shaky ground there, definitely. <laughs> Especially with the, well, you could be like a Weinstein, couldn't you? Well, well, I think you know I'm not. <laughs> well, I don't know. You could have changed in the many in the years that I've, uh, you've gone over there. So anyway, Jane booked one for us to come home, like to come here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it was a bit weird because, I mean, it's nice having a massage, but you've got babies like bouncing around in a thing and cats yeah. like me. I pretty much like what you experience when you're doing yeah. this with things, like loads I've of background had, noise. So I've it was really, really a, good. I've never had a massage. Do, ah, do you get an did you get an unexpected erection? No. So the mass, so back to the coronavirus stuff. Uh-huh. The, the masseuse came and I never saw her face once because uh, she she had a mask on. So everybody here is wearing masks all oh, over, no. like the coronavirus stuff. It's a bit hard. Yeah. The panic. Um, actually, the government are trying to like prevent panic and prevent it spreading by putting certain measures in place. There's lots of things that are being put in place to try and prevent the spread of this yeah. thing but I, I originally <laughs> thought that it was worse than than they were letting on you know when the, it, it was first announced but you can never tell with these things i mean a virus anything can happen with it can't it, it can mutate or whatever so okay. uh, well i didn't have any of those problems because yesterday i went uh, out in newcastle i saw one person with a mask on um oh, in really? newcastle because yeah there was only one because um, I went to watch Athletic Old Mints in Newcastle. Uh, ah, Athletic Nice, yes, yeah. Uh, How was it? it? It was brilliant, yeah. They were both really, really funny. They were excellent. Um, so I had a I had a jolly old time yesterday. Oh, that's, really, good. Really good. that's good. Yeah, exactly. well, Andy keeps saying he's going to listen to this podcast, but he, ha- he hasn't yet. He was yeah. messages yesterday saying, I will get around and listen to your podcast. Uh, and I said... Well, actually, I haven't just listened to the latest episode of the Top Flight Time Machine, which is his other podcast that he does with Sam Delaney. Um, they started talking about a show that I was going to suggest to be our next episode. So oh, I just right. said, like, just in case you thought you do listen to it, and I'm suddenly just, we're just talking about what you talk about, <laughs> I'm just going to have to scrap it. <laughs> and what was that? What was what they're talking about? The show um, Manimal. I don't is know that if you know it- that. Uh, uh, you mentioned it to us before. Is that where a detective can turn into different animals? Any animal he wants. Any like, like, How's that supposed to aid him with solving crimes? I don't understand. I've well, never seen the program. You so, might be solving crimes from uh, the animal community. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've, again, I mentioned one of the uh, fella that I, he used to be my boss, actually, Mark, Mark Dinning, he's called. He used to be the... Uh, well, he's, he's a big movie man. He used to be the editor of Empire Film Magazine. 
So I told him about Bravestar, and he hadn't heard of it. He was going to listen to the podcast, and he was, he was talking about Bravestar. He said, oh, this sounds like Manimal. I was like, I don't think it does. But I'd never really heard of it before, because it was the horse, 30-30, yeah. he was on about. Um, so he yeah. recommended that we, we watch that. And I was like, oh, and I had a look into it. And it I mean, it looks amazing. Also, it only it? lasted for eight, eight episodes, despite clearly having one of the best premises for a film ever, for, for a TV series ever. <laughs> TV. Um, we'll shelve it and yeah. like uh, pull it back off, and it looks like we're not copying. But anyway, yeah, we'll what we it. are what Definitely. we are talking about today is two documentaries. Um, I asked you to watch one, and then you came back with one to watch, and I've just actually just finished watching it after my massage. I'll put it on. Um, right. The one I asked you to watch is a, a documentary I watched at the time when it was on the TV. It was a Channel 4 thing, um, and it's called The Strangest Village in Britain, um, yep. and it's about a place called Bottom. And, again, this was mentioned when we were talking about this, and, like, you, you know, we've had loads of people messaging saying, why don't you talk about this and that. Another yeah. guy I used to work with called Will Milner, uh, he he was like, if you don't talk about that documentary you asked us to watch, then like I'll be disappointed forever. So I thought, you know what, I haven't watched it for ages. Let's yeah. uh, let's see what it's about. And if if and I thought, well, actually, why don't I just ask you to watch it and then yeah, yeah. see what you thought of it? So that's the first thing we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. So it's a 2005 documentary from Channel Four, and it focuses on a village called Button in North Yorkshire. It's near Scarborough and Whitby. Um, it's got 300 inhabitants in this village, and half of those are people with various learning difficulties or learning disabilities, um, mm-hmm. ranging from autism, Down syndrome, um, yeah. and, and other other difficulties, um, and. It's one of those where, I mean, I'll, I'll get your opinion on it in a second, but for me, it's one of those where I'm always a bit sceptical over whether they're being made so people can, like, have a little yeah. laugh at the people in them. And uh-huh. I'll, I know we'll both be very careful to, to, like, to not just laugh at the subject of both of the things yeah. we're going to talk uh-huh. about. Um, but also, I think it's all right if you say we were just watching it and we don't think that yeah. is fine. <laughs> Like when people go to yeah. India and take people old Indian men's faces and say, "Look at the wisdom in his eyes" and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I think it is a bit exploitative, but I think I think. But you're also, right, yeah. I think it was good. I think it's good. To, uh-huh. it, it was fascinating and and it's worth uh-huh. talking about. I think. What do you think? You've uh, obviously agree? just seen it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think um, it, it, it's it's an interesting thing. Um, I mean it's a fly on the wall documentary so it doesn't what it doesn't do and some of the criticisms that i've read of this particular documentaries from the professionals is that they haven't actually asked any of the the villagers because that's what they're called um their opinion on the place um it it was just it was just a a fly it was just following people around and and seeing you know the everyday lives and stuff like that so i can understand (laughs) that that type of uh, criticism of it but the, both the programs that we're going to talk about today are actually fly on the wall documentaries. They don't interject. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they don't ask questions of the the, the villagers and stuff like that. Um, and I they think just the follow one, them around. I think the other one is probably a bit more concerning that that happens. I think is it, mm-hmm. like this, there's nothing really bad's happening. And this is it's a bit unusual, no. and some some of the people don't actually seem that happy. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got to give the people who run the village, because it's just, apart from the, the villagers, as they call the, the people with the learning difficulties and stuff, there's also um, the, what they call co-workers, which are the volunteers. Yeah, that's um, right. 
well, I, I presume they get paid, actually. They're probably not volunteers uh, who <laughs> well, help run them and manage them in various jobs and stuff like that. But in yeah. the other documentary, which we might as well see, is, is Minnie in 1975, a BBC film from, uh, what's it, what was it, Inside Out? Is that what it's called? The, Inside the, Story. Inside Story. Um, Inside. The, that one is actually about a, a young man from, well, a kid, he's 11, uh, yes. who actually is in quite a troubling situation. And yeah. it's a real snapshot of the times. I think uh-huh. it's, it, now you watch it thinking, well, I'm not surprised this kid uh-huh. ended up like this because this yeah. isn't the way that you deal with people. But anyway, we'll get onto that one. We'll get back to yeah. Bottom. Um, mm-hmm. So you watch it for the first time. Um, yeah. Do you want to like, tell us a little bit more about how it starts and that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I watched it with the wife, actually. Um, we both okay. enjoyed it. We, we, we both thought, you know, it was an in- interesting thing to be watching. I think it's an interesting concept as well. I mean, or an interesting idea. Um, but we'll we'll talk about what we we'll actually think of whether, you know, it it should it should go on. It should it's right for um, the people, the villagers who live there. But the documentary, so it starts off, and I'm not too sure the title. I think the title's I don't like the title, "The Strangest Village in Britain." Yeah, it's, it's a weird. bit odd. It's, it is. It shouldn't pat- be called very that. Pat- it is. It's odd. It's meant to be a really like good thing that people are doing. Like, is it? Yeah. I'm I mean, sure the idea is it isn't. Let's put all these people in here, so it's strange. It's like let's uh-huh. get these people leave these people a chance of living and working in a normal village in a way that is suitable for them i think that's yeah. the idea behind it i'm not yeah, entirely it's, sure it's, that that's what it does but uh-huh. it's I a community it's, isn't it it's, so yeah, i, I, I mean it's, it's 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 to to allow um the villagers to, to have a sense of community and a sense of of work um which the mightn't you know, have got um if if they weren't in that particular community so mm-hmm. What it is, it's a village, like you say, um, with about 300 people who live in the village, and, and uh, I think nearly half of them have learning disabilities. And what it, it, it does is just follow them around in their everyday life. So the way the documentary starts um, is with um, a girl called Katie, um, who has mm-hmm. a terrible fear of slipping. And she's she seen really has. Of, I mean, it's a very weird fear. Yeah. Well, uh, the thing is, something must have happened to her previously to ingrain that fear, you know, maybe, you know, in her youth, she's, she's fallen, it's an effect, it's affected her ever since then, that's, that's the impression I got, um, but she's being helped to work by a colleague, um, who's John, I think, isn't it, mm-hmm. it's a friend, John, yeah. and he's helping her along the road, and stuff like that, and, and she's terrified of slipping, um, and John's sort of reassuring her, and saying, you know, you don't worry, you won't slip, you're doing very well, and, and things mm-hmm. like that, um, eventually they get to work and Katie says to, to John um, right well you, you need to pick us up at five o'clock don't forget mm-hmm. um, yeah. and John says no I won't forget um, and then we'll, we'll cut out a little uh, few bits because it does go to the, the the workshop but we'll talk about the workshop a little bit later on um, mm-hmm. but anyway it cuts back to five o'clock and Katie's standing at the door and it's dark um, and John hasn't mm-hmm. turned up has he bless him so, <laughs> he has definitely forgotten. <laughs> he's definitely forgotten. Um, uh, uh, parts of it are, are really uh, actually quite funny. I thought that this this was uh, I think, one of the bits I think that, the thing that was is, funny. It, there are funny parts in it. And you can't get away from that, and it's not. Yeah. 
you're not laughing at the people, you're laughing at the, the situations that these yeah. guys are, are in and put themselves in and how they react with each other. Yeah. Um, they're, they're all, well, pretty much all of them seem like lovely people with one exception. Who's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's only, there's only one, isn't there? I mean, they're all absolutely <laughs> fantastic, they're all brilliant people. And, uh, um, just well, I love bit... Miss Katie. She's, <laughs> her voice is exceptional, yeah. like it's so high. Yeah. Um, I thought Annabelle Croft had come back at first. <laughs> That's um, possible, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so she only pops up a little bit, but she's very, she's a worrier, this woman, isn't she? She's very, she very worried. They don't is. really go into a lot of uh, detail of what what her problem is or what what's uh, up with it. You don't need to know. A high point in a fear, a fear of slipping. I think that's yeah. about it. Yeah, you uh, don't John's need to know. John's got Down syndrome, but he's... Um, it doesn't seem like a very severe case of Down syndrome. He's obviously he, he's up and about, living on his own, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he's obviously doing well, all right. He seems like a lovely lad. Yeah, but well, forgetful. Uh, well, that's what I was going to go on. That you know the funny, the funny side of it. So what it does cut down or cut back now is is Katie's being held back at the house, and she's mm -hmm. she's very very worried about her friend John who who hasn't turned up to pick her up. Mm -hmm. So she tries to ring around, and then suddenly John does turn up um, and she, Katie says where have you been where have you been and John you can tell his mind sort of working how can I get out of this one because I've I've just forgot Katie so what he says to her is the worst possible thing that he could say to her, but it's a great way of getting out of uh, the situation so John says to him well I slipped <laughs> I slipped on the on the way on the way to get you Oh, she says, oh, oh, no, you've slipped. And she's <laughs> devastated, isn't she? She's absolutely devastated. He, he's like, and he's then, a, he twisted the knife on her there. He like, has, uh, <laughs> so it was really funny the way he got out of that situation. It was it was really clever of him to do that. Um, and then uh, she, he, he tries another thing to sort of get out the situation as well. He says he slipped, and then he says, uh, will you become me wife? <laughs> <laughs> so he's just trying to get out of the situation any way he, he can get out and anyway the, 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 the Katie leaves and, and things like that and the camera cuts to John and this is the one or one of the times that someone sort of interjects in and asks questions and the, the person with the camera says to, to John did you slip? and he says no no, I don't think, think I did he says, and this is did you just forget her? And he went, yeah, I just forgot her. So I thought that was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic the way that John got out of that situation. Like, I thought it was brilliant. It's funny. Yeah, good on John. But I mean, yeah. harsh on Katie with a mortal fear of slipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it was just good, good the way he got out of that situation, you know, where he had forgot Katie. So the, the best way of getting out of it is, is telling her that he slipped. So, so there's good. about, um, yeah, that was really good. There's about three three other kind of main storylines that run through it. One is a guy called Barry, who's a fascinating character, like yep. really fascinating. There's a guy, is it, is it Owen? There's Owen, Owen with the camera. Owen's, yep. he, they give him, so this is a bit where they give him a camera and let him kind of film some of it. Um, yeah. Primarily because his thing is that he asks loads of questions. Um, and, he only communicates through asking questions, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. I mean, and he's, he, He's extremely well spoken, very posh, yeah. and his questions are always really polite. But I mean, he's uh -huh. belligerent with his questions. He doesn't he doesn't <laughs> let up like if he no, fires rapid fire questions at people. Um, yeah. 
And so the the, the villagers, um, there are they say at the beginning there's various workshops and shops where the where the uh, the villagers work at, and they're managed or. Uh, kind of overseen by uh, people from all around the world. There's like some Irish people, yeah. Scandinavian people, well, like other English people and stuff there. Um, so it's like, a, yeah, it's like a care in the community kind of village. What, like yeah. Well, I think what, what it is, is there's a couple of these particular um, places sort of set up throughout Europe and throughout the world, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a charity that runs it, isn't it? Um, yeah. That was actually, it was set up in Aberdeen, I think, and they got that, okay. this particular charity got their name from the place in Aberdeen. So there's okay. a, there's a number of places. So the workers and they live in a community with with the villagers and the co-workers, um, mm. but everybody has a job. Um, yeah. So you know each day they've all got different things to do. Um, so like you've just said there, there's a workshop. Um, yeah. So the villagers so that's will be that making toys and things like that, <clears throat> won't they? They'll be making so toys that, to yeah. sell. So that's yeah, how they yeah. keep it going. Yeah. That's how they make some money and they can live. And they, you know, yeah. yeah. In theory, it's a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. But so you've got Barry, you've got Owen, and the other main storyline is the workshop, which yes. is the two main characters there. I can't remember the fella's name. Is he called Anthony? Anthony, that's right. Anthony and Pamela, Pamela. Who, Pamela. Pamela is the meanest woman I've ever <laughs> seen on TV. She's, <laughs> She's a tyrant. Like, She's a total tyrant. They say, oh, yeah. Pamela's very, very hard to please, or she's very opinionated, the voiceover. And then yeah. you just see her just just shouting at everyone, like, you get in here, get out of here, <laughs> you sit down here, get out of this room, get in this room. Yeah. She's like, she's, <laughs> she's, uh, I mean, Anthony, poor Anthony, who just seems like a lovely fella, really bears the brunt of it. She pushes him to the brink, and he reacts does. badly. <laughs> he does. He does react badly. Um, at, at the start of the workshop, we see two people sort of cuddling, don't we? They're just giving each other a hug, and that's lovely. And um, then Pamela turns up. What you doing? Get back to work. She sort of push. She sort of pushes this fella who I think's called John. She doesn't. She keeps picking on this tall fella called John. Um, and she she pushes him again to work. And Anthony sort of intervenes and says, "But just leave him alone." Yeah. What are you doing, Pamela? Just leave my alone. Gentle soul, isn't he? He's a gentle soul, Anthony. <laughs> he is. He is. Apart from the odd outburst and the odd yeah. uh, jab to the chin. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, have you um, ever been in a, a workplace environment where somebody just rubs you the wrong way? Because I certainly have. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we all have, them. Yeah, of course. You're never going to get on. Yeah, inevitable. There's some people that you you know you can be mates with. There's some people that you can look forward to seeing at work. There's some people that you can look forward to seeing at work and maybe having a pint with after, but you wouldn't go out with on a weekend. There's some yeah. people that you can tolerate, and there's some people that you just like I, I, I can't deal with this person. Yeah, like, I, can't I just can't deal with them. If they come, yeah. if they come over, you've got to walk away. Like you just can't yeah. do it. Uh, and, and yeah, and it's that it's that situation here, isn't it? So it's it's mm-hmm. a situation that. Both you and, and me have been in, so Pamela and Anthony just clash. Um, and the main thing that Pamela tries to do is is take over people's jobs in the workshop. That's her thing. So she she wants to be in complete control of everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah. because these villagers all ha- each have an individual job, um, mm-hmm. they're they're very possessive over you know the yeah. things that they do, which yeah. again yeah. 
it, it's, it's not something that you, you wouldn't find anywhere else, something that you, you find all over the place. People are very possessive over their jobs. Um, so Pamela, especially with the washing up, she definitely <laughs> likes to do the washing up. I mean, it's a up. shit job as well. Like, it's a terrible job. Most people want to get out of doing the washing up. She's, I know. like, desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's the fact that she just likes washing up or she just likes to steal people's jobs. I, I think, think it's a lot Take it to that. Anthony's job is doing the washing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the clash, don't uh, the clash a few times um, with, with. Yeah. Pam so the main bit with them is she keeps she's being belligerent with them and saying you're not yeah. doing this right. Let me do it. Let me do it. And then there's a one of the co-workers is there saying no. You know this is his job. Why don't you just you uh, you go and do just leave, let Anthony do it. You go back through there and do your bit. And, she, yeah. and this is she. I mean, it is funny. She just keeps shouting, you, you cannot push me out of this workshop. You yes. will not push me out of this workshop. <laughs> <laughs> like it's you, full you think you're the what's it in this workshop, you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. It's good. But again, it's I mean, the, nobody's trying to push her out of it. They just want no. to let Anthony get on with the job. But uh -huh. the, Anthony acts really badly here. He, like, he really shoves he her. He loses temper, he, Um, Owen's so, funny, Owen's questions. Um, yeah. He doesn't really do much, so he just he goes around with a camera and asks people questions, but he, he judges his mood on colour. So he asks That's the right. guy, um, have you have you ever had a quiff? Which <laughs> is quite a funny <laughs> line. <laughs> the guy yeah. is like, uh, what, sorry? And he's like, quiff, <laughs> like brushed quiff? back, brushed, brushed <laughs> up and brushed back. And he's like, no, I've never <laughs> had one of them. He's like, have you ever had curly hair? Um, yeah. He's like, yeah, actually, yeah, I have had curly hair. And then... <laughs> He must be some kind of like counselor or something for him, because at the end he's like, "So how are you feeling today?" Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, ye I'm yellow, I'm yellow." And yeah. He's like, okay, yellow is good, isn't it? He's like, "Yes, I'm a mild yellow." He's like, "Okay, right. very, very good." Then. Um, <laughs> so I guess he must yeah. have some kind of anger issues, but you don't see any of that. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. No, but like I say, it's all about the personalities for me. I'm, I'm not particularly interested in. You know, in the issues that they've got, um, no, no. It, it's just about their personalities, and they were all, you know, they're all, all, all different personalities and all lovable personalities as well. So and main, I think that the main guy for that is definitely Barry, who I just yeah, think so is brilliant. He's, wonder, he's, he's a wonderful man; like he's, he's incredible. But also, he it's is. kind of he, he's the, the part of this story that touches on whether it's really the right thing to do or not, whether this works yeah. or doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you, the criticisms of this kind of system would be, well, you're just institutionalizing, yeah. you're institutionalizing the people in the village. Like they might not be in a home or they might not be in a secure facility, but mm -hmm. they're still all in this place with yeah. other people with the same issues yeah. or, or similar issues or problems being watched over by mm -hmm. counselors or whatever. Like, and they're not yeah. going anywhere. They're not getting a chance to go out into the wider world and get a job. The staying uh -huh. there, so I, I and I, I get that. I get that as a criticism. Yeah. I probably probably agree. Um, yeah. But Barry Barry takes mm -hmm. it upon himself to leave, and he goes to Whitby, I think, and goes to he does. live on his own. Yeah, he does. Um, I, I think Barry's a far more eloquent man and intelligent man than me and you put together. I mean, yeah, if, if, Bar <laughs> if Barry was doing this uh, podcast here, it would be far more listenable, I think. He's I mean, just it'd, be, it'd be even more lies in it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he does. He does tell a tall tale or two, doesn't he? Does Barry? But uh, what a fantastic character he is! He's he's absolutely brilliant. Really well spoken. Um, and what very courage intense. as well. 
yeah, well, courage as well, because he does, um, as the programme goes on, it, it's, it's, it's described that he's been there for 25 years, um, but he wants to try and sort of go out on his own. And On the face of it, you... He could absolutely get along and not not have any problems in normal life. He he's just a bit of an odd character. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's there's plenty of people I've I've met and known that are more odd or have yeah. bigger problems. They've not been diagnosed with anything. He's uh-huh. he's a fascinating guy. I mean, some of the stories he tells are pretty. Like he, he escapes. He tells he's escaped from prison. Um, yeah, he's born on escaped. platform nine at Paddington Station. That's um, right, yeah. What what he says is, I, I've actually wrote it down somewhere. I don't know well, if I can find it, but uh, what what he says is that this is the the most fantastic story you'll ever hear in your whole entire life. It's a, a <laughs> wonderful story. It's in the Guinness Book of Records. It's right at the top. It's absolutely wonderful. Wait till you hear this story about how I escaped from in prison. And the interviewer goes, "Well, how do you escape from prison then?" He says, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> it just happened. These things happen. <laughs> These things happen. Yeah. And the other thing that struck me as well about him was he—he he was talking about he sees himself as ugly, mm-hmm. and he likes—he likes to see himself the wrong way around, and he likes to see himself like with this. you know strange features. But I mean, Picasso did that, and he's regarded as a genius, isn't he? Really, there's one line where he said. Um, you know, when I look in the mirror, I like to think of myself with me, me head upside down and me hairs yeah. on me neck and me, and me yeah. uh, chins on my head. Uh, uh-huh. It's just, I had an absolutely fascinating way with words and or yeah. an incredible way with words and a, and a really fascinating way at looking more at himself, I would say, than life. He was very introspective. Uh-huh. Um, he was. You know, saying like somebody said, well, you look, he showed an old picture and he said, well, you're a handsome man. And then he said, well, I'm glad I'm not anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, it was a strange thing to say, I think. Like, he had this yeah. kind of self-loathing, yeah. self-doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he shows some pictures of his um, family, and he's, he says his dad was the, the Guyana. Ambassador. Ambassador to Guyana in France. France, yeah, uh-huh, that's right. Now, I mean, obviously, he has uh, pensions for for sort of telling tall tales. I mean, but you don't know about that one. I wasn't sure about that one. I was going to ask you about that. Because he produces no. a photo... Um, and it does actually look like him, so like it could be true. It definitely looks like him. Uh, absolutely mm-hmm. looks like him. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it was, it could be true, that one. I think that one's true. I think that one's more likely to be true than he was born on Platform 9 at the <laughs> Paddington Station and then oh, went to be the guy on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ambassador's son. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah and, that was great. Um, yeah. Was I, I really enjoyed it. Barry's the man as far as I'm concerned. He's, yeah, he's, I'd like he's to a... see more of what happened to Barry because it was a big step from moving to Whitby and the, the yeah. documentary makers were kind of saying that it was too much for him and he was living a lonely life. He didn't want to enter the door and stuff when they went to knock on him. And it kind of was left hanging a bit. I felt a bit like, oh, I wasn't, yeah, I, I was like, the exact same as you. That's, a, that's what I was going to say. I just hope Barry's all right. I'm sure he is. He's an intelligent guy and I'm also, sure he's not—he's not an ugly man. He was a handsome man. He was a bit unkempt because of his uh-huh. situation, I think. But I think yeah. get, give him a, a haircut and a shave and get a nice suit on him, he would be—he'd yeah. be all right. I think. He, yeah, he would. But yeah, Barry wouldn't want that, though, would he? It's, it's not the kind no, of guy Barry is. He doesn't want to do yeah. that. Good on Barry. That's what I say. And also, what do you think of his walk? <laughs> so that was good. So the the voiceover guy, the interviewer says, I've noticed when you walk, you you lift your leg up a bit. Uh-huh. And he, <laughs> and he, he says, <laughs> well, he says, well, it's the new fashion. 
I like to distinguish <laughs> myself yeah. from the other you villagers. You said you need to do something to set you apart, and I think it's the new uh-huh. fashion. So, do you think this is a good idea ultimately, or, or not? Uh, no, I, mean, I don't. You don't. I, don't. I mean, we're not qualified enough to actually. You know, our opinion doesn't matter, does it? I mean, we've just we've just <laughs> well, watched the program. Uh, no, but I'm I'm what I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is we we we're watching both of these, you know very serious documentaries and i think the reason that mm-hmm. we picked them is because when we did watch them they've, they've affected when we thought about them yeah, afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, not absolutely. not that you know we you are we're qualified to say whether this particular place um should be open and, and on the next one that we're going to talk about there's very serious issues but yeah. having watched it you, you do mm-hmm. need to sort of you know voice your opinion and in, in certain yeah well in certain i think my way, my opinion is that um I don't think gathering all of these people up and putting them into one place like some kind of experiment is a good idea. Um, yeah. But at the same time, if those guys are happy and enjoy it, then yeah. maybe it is. I think from the outside, most of them seem to. I thought the people who were the co-workers were all a bit odd, very Christian, very... And I, I'm not having to go Christians, I'm, you know. <laughs> but there was it was very like do do gooders and all a little bit yeah. odd. I mean you could you could make a kind of horror film of a similar scenario, like not with special needsy people, but I think that's the correct term. Not with yeah. those not with that group of people, but you know, like a uh-huh. Christian um or a religious sect that were overseeing. Yeah a group of mm-hmm. people in this village and getting them to do stuff and things could go very wrong. It seems like mm-hmm. ripe for problems, I think. But also in a village of 300 oh, people, oh. any village of 300 mm-hmm. people, the inhabitants are going to be a bit weird. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I mean, small there's, amount. There's, there's weird people in everybody's street, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? But uh, uh, my opinion of it is it, it's going to work for certain individuals and it's not going to work for certain other mm-hmm individuals mm-hmm. my worry is is if it uh, it's a place where families would would send um certain certain people away from from the okay. home okay that would that okay. would that would be my worry um oh, i never thought the, about that but the, the thing okay. that i did notice yeah the thing that i did notice though is, is that most of the villagers were of a certain age they were quite older when so yeah. there's a possibility that their parents have, have passed away and, and yeah. they might just be put in a home or whatever. And I think this mm-hmm. this communal living is is better than than just being stuck in yeah. a home. That's, I, I think, but it depends on opinion, the in, individual. Yeah, I think my opinion on that is probably they've been there for so like Barry been there for twenty five years, for example. Yeah. That so that would be nineteen eighty. In nineteen eighty, it was all right to send people to places like that. I think, and then the institutions were still open. Uh, I, so I think it probably was a bit of that then. I don't think it's like people have yeah. died later and, and, and this is the best place for them. Um, but that kind of brings us on to the other documentary, which is Mini, 1975. Yep. And that the institutionalization of people is what I came away from this documentary thinking about. Um, yeah. And quite quite seriously and quite sad about it, to be honest. Like after watching it, uh, and during yeah. it, I felt very, very sad for the 
pretty much everyone involved other than the people in charge of the of the yeah. institutions, uh, the local authorities or whatever they were. Um, but yeah, Mini, do you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about what it is? It's your choice. Yeah, it's a documentary that I, I first watched about a year ago, I think, and I watched it and I was you know, really affected by it. I work with children myself, so I was really affected by it. And after I watched it, I actually stopped it and put it back on again and watched it again. That's how much I was affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, a documentary that was um, filmed in 1975, and it was directed by a guy called Frank Rodham, partly uh, responsible for Alveda's Aim Pet, which is one of our favourites as well. And also, apparently, this is more up your street than the job that you do, he created Master Chef as well. Yeah, I um, saw that, yeah. So the, crazy, crazy. It is, yeah. Quadrophenia, Master uh-huh. Chef. I'll read his impact in this documentary. Yeah, yeah. I, know well, that. I mean, this documentary is amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. He, he was the director of this uh, this particular documentary. Um, and the documentary sent us about a young boy who's 11, um, who's called Michael Mini Cooper. Um, yeah, the, great the, nickname, the from a 70s nickname, <laughs> A good one, yeah, it's fantastic. So, Minnie is, is being assessed um, um, because um, previously he's had convictions for arson and theft. So, he's yeah. actually uh, being assessed in this particular centre um, mm-hmm. to determine what's going to happen to him. So, the documentary, again, much like the other one that we talked about, is a fly on the wall and it just follows Minnie around and it follows the assessors and the psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. And the things like that as to how they assess him to determine what's going to happen to many. Um, so yeah. that's that's what the uh, that's what the the documentary is about. So what have you heard of this before? I haven't, but I'm really surprised that I hadn't heard of it or seen it before. Like it's right up my street. Uh-huh. It's been championed by people like Louis Theroux and stuff like that as like one of those things that influenced him. Um, Frank Rodham I know from Quadrophenia and stuff so I know his name and uh-huh. yeah I mean I mean look it, it's probably uh, comparable to something like John's Not Mad like that right. really famous documentary about the Scottish kid who had um, Tourette's I don't, you yeah. must have seen that you haven't seen that I don't um, think I have have you what 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 uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't seen that oh, I, I mean that. mate it's just, it's very similar. very similar, yeah. very similar, and that's about a young Scottish kid with two rets and um, there's and there's a follow up to that one as well. I mean, you've got to watch that. It's it's brilliant. It's mm-hmm. the same vein as this, and right. the same era and stuff. It's great. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm surprised I'd never heard of it or seen it before. I've mm-hmm. obviously read up on it a little bit more now and seen that mm-hmm. there's been a follow up and a book and read yeah. a bit more about what happened to the to to Minnie himself and the, yeah. and the uh, years after it. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, I could have guessed. I could after watching the documentary, I could have guessed what happened to him. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a sad tale of people. I, I mean, it's a product of an era and a, a product of a, a system and a socio-economic class and all of that. I mean, it's set in the yeah. northeast uh, where is. we're from. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's Aycliffe, which is County Durham. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from County Durham. The reason Frank Rodham did the documentary is because he's from County Durham. Yep. So he wanted he wanted to do um, well. He's actually North Yorkshire now. I think it was County Durham at the time, Norton, uh-huh. which is near Middlesbrough. He wanted to do a documentary about this kind of institution, and he picked somewhere in the northeast. Uh-huh. And they were like, "Yeah," um, and we've got a kid who's perfect for it. Uh, yeah. 
And if you read a little bit more about it now, I think in the aftermath, which obviously we missed because it was before we were born, um, uh-huh. it was again quite controversial. Like, uh, mm-hmm. is is Rodham kind of manipulating this kid and exploiting them? Uh, it was the kid like playing up to it and all of that kind of uh-huh. stuff. Um, which I so, don't think is the yeah. case. That's that's certainly not the impression. I, I think got. they're probably the, the two most truthful people in the entire thing. Yeah, they are. I mean, um, it, it, at the start of the documentary, it, it's, it starts. It gets you right in the gut, doesn't it? As soon as it starts. Yeah, yeah. It it, it, bas- it says at the start that this this young boy um, is too dangerous to be allowed his, his freedom, and yeah. we see a, an image of a, a little boy. Um, you know, at, at a door and he's knocking on the door. He's obviously, he's locked in, uh, in essence. Oh, um, it's awful. And he, he's knocking at the door saying, I, I need to go to the toilet. Um, and the guy has to sort of ring somebody else to get the case to let uh, Minnie out so he can go to the toilet. Um, and it's just shocking the fact that this young kid is locked in a room. He's 11. He's locked in mm-hmm. a room. And as, as it becomes apparent later on, which um, is, I, I still find really worrying, he's locked in there with two other kids. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. realise that, but he's, he's he's actually locked in there. Obviously, you know, this this is a, a, an assessment centre, you know, for children with quite severe behavioural problems. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that the last thing that you'd want to do is lock, you know, three of them away together, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Especially when you find out that he his thing is setting fire to things and burning things down. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, I, the, the, and you don't know what the other kids are, are in for, but like uh-huh. you know, I, I mean, I don't think they should be locked in solitary confinement either. But well, they shouldn't definitely. be locked up at all, should they? I mean, that's the that's the point of the the whole documentary. The, the, you know, they shouldn't be locked away. Um, I mean, as the documentary sort of goes on, you discover that many does these things he has quite a troubled home life um, which is mainly comes from his father who's quite a, apparent in the documentary isn't it mm-hmm. who's a, a rather a, he's a former sort of army guy and he's, he's he seems to be very strict and at times yeah. quite a violent person and what mm-hmm. what, what uh, i got from the documentary was that many he sort of projects his, his anger and his frustrations with the fact that his opinions aren't being listened to and he sort of he takes out his anger by setting fires. Yeah, I mean it's I mean the first thing that strikes you after so they set it up in this there's a little like I mean to say he looks angelic is going too far. He looks like yeah. Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones as well. He, he looks does. like he does. He <laughs> um, actually my son my son had the exact same hairstyle when he was yeah he was I remember six seven. <laughs> so he he reminds us a lot of, of my son. And uh, the other thing that comes across in this documentary is, is Minnie's personality and his intelligence. It's <laughs> incredible. I mean, if if you just heard him talk, other than obviously he's got quite a childlike voice because he's 11, but uh, if you just heard the words he was saying and you said, this is a 35-year-old, you, you, like, you would believe it. You would believe it. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he's, he's incredibly intelligent. He's incredibly articulate. It's quite worrying that an eleven-year-old boy who sets fire to things is obviously that intelligent and that articulate. Um, uh-huh. But I don't think any of the things are his fault, and you know that's that's what happens with troublesome and troubled kids yeah. uh, too often. The you know the, the fingers pointed at them being problematic, and yeah. you know they're, uh-huh. um, they're and and 
they don't get given a chance. And I think that's the main takeaway from this is yeah. the, peop- the the powers that be have decided this kid doesn't deserve a chance. He's pretty much. He's too. Uh, he's too difficult to uh-huh. to be worth trying to uh-huh. try and sort out. And I yeah. think that's the that's the times. That's any yeah. time probably before the last ten years or fifteen years or mm-hmm. you know last couple um, of decades. That's yeah. that's that, that's what happened. Or oh, this guy is problematic, so we'll lock him away. We don't have to try and like help him. I think yeah, it's yeah. awful. I mean, Nana. Um, I mean, Nana had a really good friend. Um, it was very serious. I was quite emotional as well. Like um, I used to go with me Nana when I was a kid to visit her friend Josephine. I don't know every weekend or whatever mm-hmm. in a place called Cherry Knolls, which is in Sunderland, which is an insti- it was yeah, an institution. Okay. Still, it still exists. Still exists, yeah. um, but not quite in the is same it? way as it did. Uh, yeah, it's not the same, exactly the same, but still there. Um, mm-hmm. And that was an institution. I used to hate going. I mean, it was one of these things where you know we used to get two buses to get there um mm. but it was me nana's best friend from when she was a, a kid and we're talking about a, a child not yeah. like 20s or th- 30s when she was a child this was yeah. our best friend and um i used to hate going it was like one of those four bone like country house type of things again perfect horror movie material it's what it's why yeah. horror films and, and thrillers are made the way they are because these things were real Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an institution everyone in there like I mean from people like banging their head against the wall like, you know like one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of thing uh-huh. um, but I didn't really understand what was going on I just knew this was my dad's friend and she was in there and she was mm-hmm. uh, an old lady I mean my nana would have been when she was taking me, I, was, uh, I don't know, maybe she was like 50 or something you know mm-hmm. um, she would have been the same age but looked a lot older mm-hmm. and she was very childlike. She was uh, obviously a very nice woman, but just like a child, trapped in her childhood. And I used to hate going because it was scary as a kid, but also, uh, you know, I used to like going because I used to get to spend the day with my nana and go see my nana's friend. And it was yeah. only years later, you know, when I grew up, before my nana died, you know, she, we must have talked about it. And I said, like, you know, what, what was um, what was Josephine in there for? Um, yeah. And she, she, me Nana told a story, she said it was something like her 18th birthday and uh, she came round and she had loads of balloons and was like a, a child, like, like, a, like a six-year-old or something. She got put in an institution mm-hmm. and something like 40, 50 years, I mean, she died in there. She, was, she yeah. got put in, she died in there, 50 years or it. something. Yeah, that, that was, was it. it. She lived there. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy and that's what's... It is. Kind of happened to like the mini in this. In, in this, he wasn't locked up in an institution, but basically was institutionalized in one way or another. He was he was made into it. He was, he was diagnosed he, as a he, criminal at eleven, uh-huh. um, which he was. Well, he, he was. He's he not getting away from that. He was trying yeah, to burn his house down. He, he, he did he the things, but um, I mean, the, the the thing that gets me about this particular uh, documentary is all the assessors and all the psychiatrists want to do is talk about the things that he's done, mm-hmm. right? They don't, want to ask, they don't want to ask them the reason he's done those particular mm-hmm. things. Those It's never mentioned once. He's never asked the reason why he's done it. He's just asked what he's done. Yeah. All, almost, you know, they're, they're, as if the assessor's actually more interested in, in the things that he's done rather than trying to get to the root of the problem and to try and actually sort them out. 
So he's never yeah. once asked. He's never once asked. Well, well why have you done this? You know, mm-hmm. we understand that you know you you've had problems at home and and things like that. Um, it's never it's never asked of them, and I find that completely baffling. They just seem more interested in the fact. Well, what did you steal, many? Well, chipsticks. He yeah. says, "What are chipsticks, many? Well, are crisps. You know, they're just they're interested in in the the sort of the awesome and the act. in the act of what they he's are. done. They and are. What, and what punishment he should get for that? They're not interested. Yeah, they're in not interested in the of it, and they're not interested in okay, what should we do to stop this from happening? The yeah. only answer is is lock them up. Basically. Lock them up and throw <laughs> away the, the key. In essence, that's what they do. Well, all that means is when he eventually does get out. He's only going to be worse, isn't he? He's going to be a more fucked up individual at 30, having been locked up for uh-huh. 19 years, than well, he is at 11. Um, I, mean, I mean, institutionalizing you know, kids and, and locking kids away is, is completely wrong, isn't it? Um, I mean, the, the centre way he, he actually was, uh, this, this sort of, I've read up on the particular centre way, wasn't it? It has rather <laughs> checkered history. Yes, uh, it does, yeah. But, you know, historical. Well, they all of those like, places too. I'll, I'll they say do, all yeah. of them. They might well, not most all, of them. but, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's every town has there's one in Sunderland that's got a lot of um, complaints, and you know, like just just look up any of these places. There, mm-hmm. there was problems. The people who ran them weren't good people. They didn't yeah. have the kids' best interests at heart, mm-hmm. and you know, there's all kinds of conspiracies you could go into and talk about, um, which we won't. But you know, oh, no, we won't, it, no. it, it, it kind of goes. It goes mm-hmm. quite far if you really want to delve into it and believe what some of these kids said have happened to them uh, yeah. while they were in, in under the the care and in, uh, inverted commas of of these of the system. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's shocking. So, yeah, it is shocking. So I mean, to to get back to to sort of the assessors and the the problems that I have with those particular people. Um, I mean, at one point, um, one of the assessors said to many. Well, why did you burn your own house down? Why why didn't you pick somebody else's house to burn down? So there's there's a lot of sort of leading questions that they put them to to many, almost as if they're trying to, oh, to yeah. get them to say yeah, something yeah. else. Um, the other thing was, um, well, he burns a church down, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll find out. I'll go into why, you know. I think. I mean, I'm again, I'm not an expert, but this is just my opinion. Um, but they, they ask him, um, well, why didn't you burn the school down? He said, and Minnie says, well, there's there's too many kids in the school. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to kill anybody. I wouldn't want to hurt mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is you know, an honest answer from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that shows the type of person that Minnie is. He's just I he's do. just an angry guy. He, he's 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 in a very religious mm-hmm. family, and he refuses to to pray at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a discussion with his family um, and he says, well, I don't believe in God, ma'am. I've not seen him before. Why would I mm-hmm. believe in him? He's done nothing for me. Yeah. And his mom and dad just can't get what he's trying to say. And how he's, he's a very, um, very incisive mind, hasn't he? For, Wait, for young yeah. I think he, I think he was diagnosed being bipolar. Well, later, later on. When that kind of stuff you know, Le- came out. Yeah, later <laughs> on he was. Uh, but he's just such an opinionated young man. And There's I, nothing I wrong think, with that. I mean, his behaviour. But, but there was, but there was in problem. 1975. No, that's that. That's where his frust. Well, partly where his frustration comes from, because he's mm-hmm. so opinionated, and he won't conform 
you know, to the general yeah, rules he, of he society. Says at one point, he, he says like, well, they just don't like us yeah. saying these things. They don't like us asking these questions. Yeah, but uh, I'm not going to change. That's what he, he said. Says. I'm not going to change. Yeah, he said, but I'm not going to change. Why should yeah. I? Yeah, it's, it's um, getting. There's another bit as well. A lot we... of trouble, but I'm. <laughs> um, he says the same thing. They say, why? Why did you burn the um, shed down? Uh-huh. And he says, "Well, there's nothing of value in a shed, is there?" Uh-huh. Like, you know, he's uh, he want, he's doing the act to get noticed, to get yeah, you know, to get something out and uh-huh. to get a reaction. So yeah. hopefully, somebody says, "What have you done that for?" And how can we help you? And nobody yeah. ever does. Nobody um, ever asks him. There's there's a bit right. as well where he, he's talking about his teacher um, at the school, and um, he says his teacher is always nagging him and telling him not mm-hmm. to bite his nails and telling them not to whistle in the corridors and things. And he says, in the school, there's a pond that I like. Yeah. You know, it's a lovely pond. And mm-hmm. my teacher says, don't go anywhere near that pond. Mm-hmm. He says, well, what's it there for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's, it's completely true, isn't yeah. it? He just I mean, says, well, why is it Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, what I think anyway, I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, many... Um, burns down the church and um, as we get into it we'll find out that his teacher has actually punished him for not saying his, his prayers, he's refused to pray um, or pray um, and she's, she's hit given the strap, that's why he says doesn't he so mm-hmm. it, in, in his anger and in his frustration because he doesn't want to do it he doesn't want to say prayers but he's been forced to that's when he burns down the, the church after that yeah when he goes back and he burns his, his family's home, um, his parents have actually sent him away to an institution. He escapes yeah. from the institution and he goes back to his house, jumps in the window and sets... Mm-hmm. He, so he sets his, uh, his mom and dad's house on fire. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't know that his dad's asleep upstairs, does he, when he sets the, the house on fire? No. But again, it's in anger at actually being sent away. So there's triggers. There's always a trigger for him going around setting these particular fires. He's not just some wild arsonist who's just going around no, doing no. it. No, he's There's a reason. Which is maybe a little bit more troubling, but... It's, it's not. It's it's because he, he can't express his anger in any other way because nobody's listening to him. No, you know no, what I, I mean? Yeah. I so that, that's the only way that he can he can feel he can get this anger out by doing these things and by setting these fires. Yeah, I think um, he says as much in a later interview because he released a book about seven years ago with, but with uh-huh. Frank Rodham. So if you read up about it a bit, he says the only the only person he ever kept going back to was Frank Rodham. So he'd be in and out of prison throughout his life. And every time he got out or every time he ran away or disappeared, he'd go to Frank Rodham's house. Um, and right, I think yeah. at one point the police stopped them from seeing him because he said he was he was a, a bad influence or whatever. It was, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. But like Minnie himself, he grew up and Frank Rodham published a book that he wrote about his times and all of that. And um, yeah, if you if you read about it, like it's it's. Yeah, I mean, everything you've just said is true. Uh, that's his opinion. He says, nobody ever listened to us before. Uh-huh. The only way I could talk to anybody was, uh, fires was my way of t- talking, he says. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I mean, if... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, if if, if his circumstances were, were different, if many had have been, um, you know, brought in or brought up in a, in a, a different family... 
Well, yeah, exactly. In a, diff- I mean, in if, a different part of the country because, you know, yeah, where if, we if, live. I, I think, I mean, it's easy for people from the north to sound like whingers or that we're always hard done by. But if yeah. he was, if, if he was rich or brought up in a in a part of the country that was more well off, not uh-huh. not the like the derelict so, northeastern. If, if he wasn't mid- subjected to violence at a young age, which he was, you know, um, and, and his 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 home life had been different, he would have been a completely you know he might have been prime minister or something. This well, guy, no, but, got, well, I think even if he did the things he did, but was from a different background. Yeah, he, he wouldn't end up way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he wouldn't have ended up where he was. No, so uh, he's a victim of, of where he lives and circumstance and, and the home life that he had. Um, but he's a highly intelligent lad. He's just a, a wonderful little kid. Um, he's an amazing guy. Um, I yeah, so it's good. good. I want to read his book now, and I want to watch the follow-up uh, documentary. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he, he's gone on to have a troubled life, but it's no, it's no surprise. One of the bits that stood out for me is when uh, he goes back home and he's very he's very affectionate with a dog, which I always think anybody who's nice to animals is, uh, you know, can't be all that bad. I, I mean, we could talk for ages about his mum and dad and all the other adults, but I don't think I don't think we should give them that much uh, <laughs> airtime or space to be no, honest. No, no, I, I agree. The thing where they said um, he likes to hang out, he doesn't like hanging out with the other kids because he's only there every now and then. He doesn't really know any of them that much, um, so he he basically hangs out with his sisters so he can dominate them, and his two younger sisters who are kids. This is quite a strange, probably the most disturbing passage of the film, I think, yeah. um, where he's telling them like what to sing, and uh, they're basically yeah. going to do a little recital of a couple of songs, aren't they? Hymns, uh, yeah. One's a religious, uh, one's a religious hymn, and then the other one's the twelfth of never. Um, Buddy Holly sang it and El, uh, Cliff Richard as well, I think. Um, right. And he's he's directing these younger sisters, but he's very aggressive with them. And he, at one point he says, if you laughed during this, I will. And he definitely almost says, I'll knock your block off or I'll what something. But he says, yeah. I'll just make you sit down. Um, yeah. But, he, but you know what he's doing on. there, though? You know what he's doing there? He, he's mirroring adult behavior yeah yeah so he's, he's just he's just, he's just the same in, yeah because yeah. there's a part where he says look at us when i'm talking to you yeah yeah, now, yeah. The, the only person the only people that i've heard say those type of things are adults so he, yeah, he, I mean, what he's, no kid would ever he, say he's that. doing he's just he's just mirroring what no, other absolutely. adults have said to him but then when they do the song it's really it is really weird yeah. <laughs> you sing the devil i hate the devil and it's uh-huh. i think for me, all of these kids that um, end up, not all of them, but I've seen so many documentaries about kids or people who've gone on to be famous or people who've had troubled mental health problems or drugs problems and stuff like that. And there's a, a Venn diagram of mental health and drugs problems and creativity and also had a religious upbringing or a very uh-huh. strict religious upbringing. There's a there's a lot of that. I mean, there's always, yeah. for me, there's, there's often that kind of, mm-hmm. that, that crossover. Um, I mean, that, that I, mean, I was religious... brought up as a Catholic. I went to school. I went to Catholic school. I went to church every weekend. You uh-huh. know, I, I did all that. I wasn't made to recite prayers at home or, you know, do, or uh-huh. sing hymns in front of the family or anything like that. Um, 
but obviously again slightly different times but uh, yeah. yeah I think it's just I finished watching it and I was like I was watching it with Jane mm-hmm. and I was just a bit like well oh, what a sad what a sad tale like this kid didn't have yeah. a chance never had a yeah, chance he didn't have a chance he never had a chance what did Jane think of this I think the same I mean it's, it's kind of where this is happening is quite close to where she's from so uh-huh. uh, it's fair I mean for us it's reminiscent I mean she was born in the 70s we were born in the early 80s so you know it's probably like a little bit more like relevant to yeah. her upbringing and, and what she yeah. used to see my wife was born in uh, in 73 and she won't watch it she refused to watch it with us okay so so uh, yeah I mean it's, uh, it was a different time wasn't it um, I, I mean, this particular place where many went, it, it's still open, isn't it? That's the worrying thing. Yeah, that's what we. That's that's what the one thing she said was like she knows of it. She's aware of the the place, the place. and, and uh-huh. its reputation, and all the stuff mm-hmm. that may or may not have gone on there over the years. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. yeah, well, a pretty serious episode, this isn't it? Like, it, it was, it, yes. I mean, I, I've, I'm glad that we did it though, because you know, if, I, if we're picking documentaries, we're going to pick ones that have affected us after we've mm-hmm. watched them. So, I'm certainly glad that we've we've done it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Just, uh, yeah, I agree. Important stuff it doesn't always have to be nonsense. Um, but no. to, to end on a on a, a more silly note, um, yeah. I've got a, a TV recommendation. It's a bit late at the table with it, but um, if you haven't seen Love Is Blind, you should watch it. It's absolute trashy reality tv nonsense yeah um, but I, hate, I hate reality tv though yeah i mean uh <laughs> it's that kind of show is my kind of weakness i, I love anything like that like it, it's awful the people are awful the the premise is awful but uh-huh. i can't get enough of it um people out there will definitely have seen it it's it's terrible um but yeah that that's fun and also a musical recommendation. Um, a guy I've recommended to you before just got a new album out. A guy picked his trail. A guy called Johnny Johnny Lynch. He's right. got a new album out um, called Thumb World, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. On a label called Fire. He runs a label called Lost Map, which is uh, one of my favourite record labels. But yeah, his new stuff's good. Anybody who likes what we're into should probably check that out. That's good. Um, also, the first time I saw him live. Um, he did a version of the day the donkey derby came to town by Vic and by Mulligan and O'Hare. <laughs> right, well that's that sold me. That sold me for sure. Um, like serious, other... well, like not, not, not like oh, I'm going to be taking a bit the piss. <laughs> <laughs> the, the results of your personality test haven't come in yet, so I didn't think it was appropriate there for this particular. Oh, yeah, probably not with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, the supercomputer still correlating yeah. Your answers and stuff, so we'll we'll find okay. out, you know, your personality next week. I, I would imagine. Okay, well, I'll wait to find out what it is, um, and we'll think about what we're going to do for the next one in the meantime. Eh? Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And yeah, can remember follow us at F Circus Pod on Twitter, Brett and Cliff's Free Circus Podcast on Facebook. If you want to have a bit chat about what we talk about, um, tell your friends, review us on Apple, um, and yeah, see you next time. Toodaloo! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.